0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating the people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please do go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, joining me on today's show on what is a sunny spring morning here in the capital is Peter Smith. Peter is the Managing Director of Ashbourne Insurance, an independent insurance broker in nearby Hertfordshire. Uh, Peter, very warm welcome to you today. And thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us on the show.
1: Thank you. Yes.
0: Real pleasure for you you to have as a to have you with us, Peter. Um, I think we should start by addressing the elephant in the room, and that's the fact that we are recording this in late May 2021. So even though there are signs of green shoots now on a way out of social restrictions, we're still somewhat in the grip of the COVID-19 pandemic. So thinking back over the last sort of 14 months, to what extent has all of this affected you and your business, would you say?
1: Um. Yeah, initially there was um, a, a massive spike in terms of cancellations and requests to reduce cover. Um, I think there was, a, a certainly from within our own organisation and, and, and the customers that we have, there was a, a real lack of clarity and, and a misunderstanding of actually what, what would happen. You know, people were concerned about the future and it was – it was almost sort of raining as much as you can. Um, we did find that, that actually pretty soon um, the, the business started to recover very rapidly, actually. I think a lot of people had cut very very deep, very quick, um, and realized that perhaps they needed to readdress it. Um, and as we moved into the pandemic, after two or three months, the, the, the business sort of recovered and, and actually went on a, a massive upward curve from that moment forward.
0: So it's certainly good that there've been some signs of recovery as we've gone through the uh, the pandemic for sure. And I suppose with that sort of lack of clarity, particularly early on, and the fact that a large portion of industry has gone into survival mode, there was a lot of sort of initial anxiety and maybe mental health worry that you had to get over in the initial weeks. Um, As a leader, did you find it quite challenging to sort of guide a way through that?
1: Yes, it was, it's very different. I mean, ours is a very traditional business. Um, everything we do is based around relationship and rapport, and that doesn't just extend to our customers. That obviously extends to our staff and our suppliers as well. And obviously, you know, shutting the office, um, having people going remote working, having our suppliers um, with the challenges that they had remote working as well uh, was, was a massive challenge. And, you know, my, my role Changed quite dramatically. Um, I found that it was it was much more important to communicate much more. Um, you know, to, to make people feel involved and valued, um, right the way up. You know, the, the chain. As I say, from from customers, from from staff, and from suppliers. You know, our staff were quite quite rightly were a little bit nervous about sort of being proactive and contacting customers mm. initially. But but actually, the more we we encouraged them to do so, and the more they took that the more they found that people were just more than happy to talk. And and certainly I found that communicating with my staff as well.
0: I think people have just valued the contact, haven't they? Because I suppose when you are so isolated as a result of lockdown, you can almost go a little bit stir crazy without having that interaction with other people. And indeed, in business where working models have had to become more remote, become more flexible. Um, It's been a challenge to try and sort of lead teams and keep in contact from a distance as well, hasn't it, in a way?
1: Very much so. Very much so. I think, you know, everyone is talking mental health these days. And and, uh, to be remote, to have to make decisions remotely without the support network around you from your team, your colleagues, you know your 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 managers, your leaders, etc. Put put a great deal of strain on it. So it, it was very very important to me that the staff and the people that I was communicating with knew that they had my confidence, that that I trusted them to make the right decisions and do the right actions for their customers. Um, you know, so that so that they they would feel happy in their work. And you know, we we all we all missed the camaraderie and the office environment, but it was important that we take as many steps as possible to try and recreate that, even on a a virtual basis.
0: And given the experience that you've had in having to adapt to this very new reality over the last year, would you say that you've come away from this having learned something in your position?
1: I think it's probably just reaffirmed Things that I already knew, you know, perhaps sometimes things that we take for granted in that we we can expect our customers, our suppliers, or maybe even our staff to understand what we're thinking. Um, And, you know, being one step removed from them, reaffirmed that actually, you know, you you need to reassure them about what you're thinking and the direction, clarity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, And, you know, I, I've tried now that we've actually come back into the office pretty much. I've tried to carry that on um, so the the things that I learned and the things that I adopted working in the virtual world, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that even more so than I used to in the office um, and to carry that forward because I've seen the benefit for it for, for the staff and performance and everything.
0: And of course, we've heard that magic G word on the podcast already, growth um, toward uh, sort of the end of the uh, the main pandemic period, and the business has sort of really started to excel coming out of this. So would you say that you've come out of the other side of the pandemic stronger as a collective based on the experience that you've had as well?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely think we have as a business, you know, individually and collectively. We're, we're a we're a family-run business. We're, we're, we've been established 40 years. We're well-known locally. And, and one of the biggest pressures that we had was dealing with inquiries from people that we don't insure. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of larger organizations, a lot of big organizations perhaps you know, turned off the phone, switched off the website, um, and really kept their client arm length, whereas we, we were accessible, we were available. And whilst that put pressure on the business initially, I think long-term that's going to pay us Um, because people remembered what we were here, remembered that we tried to help with advice and guidance.
0: It is going to hold the business in good stead, isn't it? Having been there for business and despite, of course, the support measures that government has put in place um, as well, businesses have needed that support network, haven't they? People have needed to network, they've needed to talk, they've needed reassurance and advice and that is where communication has been key over the course of the uh, the lockdown. It's drummed up an awful amount of uh, goodwill as well, by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, our industry, the insurance industry, hasn't really come out of this with um with too much uh, pride, to be honest with you. There's been the whole confusion around business interruption insurance for premises because of the pandemic. So. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the need to communicate, the need for clarity. And I, I do hope the industry can learn some things from this, um, uh, certainly simplifying wordings and policies and, and talking about plain English more and more.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's sort of moving out of that sort of dated jargon, isn't it? Making everything clear in layman's terms. It's so, so important to avoid another yeah. controversy as there was with the Financial Conduct and Authority this year, um, which has essentially stained the reputation of the sector somewhat, and that's something that's going to have to try to sort of shake off as we emerge from this as well.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, as, as a broker, we, we act as the middleman, but it, I am I am absolutely of the opinion that wordings are overly complicated. You know, you seem to get cover on page one, which then seems to be taken away from you because of an endorsement that's buried on page 250. Um yeah, I think it's fair to say that business insurance was never designed to cope with interruption as a consequence of a pandemic. Um, and, and, and let's be brutally honest, you, none of us going back 18 months would have even thought about it on on our wish list for our policy. But I, but I do think when push comes to shove, the FCA is right. Um you know, in principle it should be considered cover. And and some companies have been better than this than the others, but we have a lot of work to do. And let's face it, we're 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 probably not flavour of the month as far as an injury is concerned at the best of times, are we?
0: Mm, For sure. And I think there is that sort of gap now in the market, that sort of pandemic cover area where obviously those brokers that do want to sort of move into now, what is the new 21st century? There'll be an opportunity for essentially a new sort of product there, I suppose, in a way as well.
1: Yeah, I think you're you're right. Um, I I think that there needs to be some clarity. Um, I, I think that there will be some innovative solutions. But but what we don't want is we don't want just another policy. What we want is existing Mm -hmm. policies simplified and extended. Um, you know. And I think given the option, certainly in terms of business interruption, if, if some of these businesses were said, look, it might cost you a little bit more to actually have this inclusion, I think given what some people have gone through, they'd probably gladly pay that knowing that they've got the peace of mind should we ever have a similar occurrence
0: it's all about the safety net isn't it and just having that in place i think is enough of a prompt for some businesses to say yes exactly i think that's um, the right thing to uh to do for us um yeah and thinking about sort of the, the sort of general future of the industry of course reputation is one thing that does have to recover over the year the next uh, few months but over sort of the, sort of the next year as to when we move out of the pandemic and hopefully we leave social restrictions behind. What direction do you hope that the industry ultimately goes in, do you think?
1: Well, I mean, this is, this is selfish because of the way that we run our business, but, but my hope is that there's a clear distinction between self-service e-commerce type policies and the, the, the advice that is given from an intermediary. Um, that advice has value. Um, you know, rather than uh, rather than hitting a couple of keystrokes and then praying that you've got the right cover, to actually have that interaction in the first place and the advice to, to have some peace of mind. Um, they are two very different things. Don't get me wrong. I, I completely understand that. You know, e-commerce is simple. It's quick. It's it, it, you know, and it and it works for many things. But what this episode has demonstrated to me is that there is there is still a place for advice within the financial services industry, and you know. I'm hoping that as we emerge, um, people will value that a little bit more and, and, and see it as a more viable option.
0: Of course. And as great as e-commerce is and sort of the amount of sort of stock it's had over the course of the pandemic, it isn't a one size fits all approach. Sometimes you do need that intermediary. You need to be speaking to people. You need to seek out advice. So there certainly is um, a place for that. And just thinking about your business now a little bit more specifically before we wrap things up, Peter Ashbourne Insurance now, um, where do you hope for the business to ultimately be this time uh, next year as we move out of the pandemic, we hope?
1: I hope that we've positioned ourselves as as a a reput- reputable um, industry provider. You know, we we're we here that people recognise the advice and the value that that brings. Um, it may not be for everyone, and that's absolutely fine. But it, I, I want us to be positioned. I I, I do think that you know that the. the, the Consequences of Brexit first and also now this pandemic will force people into their local high streets, back to their, you know, SME businesses to support their local network, um, you know, rather than just some faceless website or, or, or call centre at the other side of the planet. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's important that people have choice. Um, so you know, that, that that's where we're heading. All the signs are very positive and the, the, the phones and the emails are busier than ever and, and, and long may it continue.
0: Absolutely right. Long may it continue indeed and certainly an interesting time for the industry. And as we start to sort of get more of an idea over the coming months as to what direction it is going in, I think it would be really productive actually, Peter, to catch up and have you back on the show with us just to discuss what's gone on in the time between our discussions and catch up on how Ashbourne's getting on too.
1: Absolutely. I'd I'd, I'd love to be involved and I think it's going to be uh, an ever-changing picture and um, yeah, more more than happy to uh, to revisit this, as you say, as we start to return to some sort of normality.
0: Absolutely. And thank you once again, Peter, for taking the time to join us on the programme today Um, and also do continue to take care and stay safe with everything still going on, just because we're not quite out of the woods with this one yet, although we're very, very nearly there now.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Thank you. Thanks very much. And it was a pleasure to welcome Peter Smith, Managing Director of Ashbourne Insurance, onto the programme today. Um, Coming up next on the programme, we're going to be joined by Incumbent Leaders Council Chairman and former Education Secretary, Lord David Blunkett, who enjoyed a distinguished political career in the Commons, despite being blind from birth. That will be coming up on the show next.
2: Lord Blunkett, welcome.
3: Staff and, of course, whether they can receive the the grant, ten thousand or twenty-five thousand. All all of those who can uh, are obviously able, at least, to benefit from that for the time being, and look to the future. But I think the second thing to say, and they don't need me to tell them this, as a politician who who did once do a business studies qualification, which is that it will be a different world, and being able Mm. to think about how that world will look in a year's time I think that with some hiccups and mistakes they've not done a bad job in what has been incredibly difficult circumstances.
2: And you're absolutely right in a in a liberal uh democracy that we live in it's it's very difficult for people to swallow orders given to them from government. Um
3: well the the UK and um and the US and to some extent uh, the Scandinavian countries not only reverted to a party that they can support because they can see it acting, developing, presenting as a credible alternative government, Mm -hmm. but also that the lessons have been learned from the fiasco from 2015 onwards. In other words, there have to be very clear signals of substantial change, not just the right words,